welcome to the Amateur MILF Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Sinead and Rosie, and we are just, just trying. trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average non-famous mums who live average non-famous lives. Although if we get famous, we're not complaining and we will be requesting that the Hotel Esteval make sure it's stocked up on cocktail of the day and sangria of the day for us. Okay, I, I've got a big question for you now. Mm-hmm. We said we weren't going to talk too much about the introduction, right? But here we are. Um, when you go for a breakfast buffet, are you sweet or savoury? I am both. Oh, okay. What's your ideal? What's your dream buffet? So it depends. When I was in Mexico, they did... That was an absolutely impeccable top tier. Did they have like churros and stuff like that? So they did, but they also had what I what I like to call omelette lady. Omelette lady. Oh, there's always an omelette lady. Yeah, I like omelette lady. So I would usually, I would either go for like a bit of bacon, mm. a bit of eggs. Yeah, sure. Bit of eggs in my omelette, please. <laughs> and then, or or I would just have an omelette, and I would yeah. have it usually with like onion, tomato. Oh. Not not usually meat. I'm so hungover. We have to stop talking about food. Why did I ask you this question? Um, well, okay. So I'll have like a main course breakfast. Yeah, main Quite course. Often, I like I like a dippy egg. Oh, okay. Love a dippy egg. Okay. Um, or sometimes I'll just go for like continental meats and cheeses yeah continent i like continental meats and or cheeses. or a bagel something like that yeah. and then i always yeah. have to follow it up with a bowl of fruit and a little sweet treat so maybe some pancakes with nutella yeah or like or a pastry they a pastry, pastry yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so i always have to do two course breakfast i can't do two course breakfast because i can't i can't eat loads in the morning because it make it ruins my day so I, I I really struggle with breakfast buffets because I want all of those things, but I can only eat a very small amount. Otherwise, I'm I'm furious for the rest of the day. Um, so I always go sweet because I've got such a sweet tooth. It's disgusting. It's absolutely despicable how much I love sweets. It's not actually. It makes me very happy. Yeah. I love it for me. Yeah. Um, so I always go sweet. And if I'm feeling really good, then I will have... So in Tunisia, it would proper, proper like natural yoghurt with they had oh god it was amazing bit of fruit but they had like fig jam because they're big on figs in tunisia right so it was like fig jam you could have whole figs as well dried figs and then you put some of that like toasted sesame seeds on top for a bit of crunch and a bit of savory Ooh. so good but if i'm feeling like a bit naughty then i'll go pastries straight straight to pastries nice pan au chocolat or you know even a donut even a glazed donut one that's got like a bit of jam in yeah, or like a you know like um like a Danish that sort of thing. Yeah, like an appley one. Love them. Yeah. Mm. Oh God, I want to eat everything. <laughs> I just uh, this is my problem with hangovers. I don't know how you are with food and hangovers. I have like, um, I want to eat everything. I also don't want to eat a single calorie. <laughs> like I want to eat. I just I'm craving carbs. I want chips. I want pies. I want meat. I want pizza. Um, but also I don't want to eat anything because I don't want to die. That's how I feel right See, now. See, I, my hangovers go one of two ways and it's either the hangover needs to be fed mm. at which point I am a literal bottomless pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no filling me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the hangover needs to be starved where yeah. if I 
have anything other than water and maybe juice past my lips you'll be sick i will die um which is it like is it you hit is it your hangover how bad your hangover is like if it's a really bad one then you you have to starve it or does it just depend i think sometimes it just depends generally speaking the really bad hangovers have to be starved yeah oh man it's but hard, sometimes i can have like a mild hangover but the thought of eating anything just turns my stomach yeah it's weird isn't it i wonder mm. if it's got anything to do with our like time of the month because like we have similar not that it's as bad as hangovers well it probably is for some people but like when your period comes i i get like that before my period i'm a bottomless pit and i just want to eat everything me and... too like and for some reason i've been having periods for quite some time now oh, yeah, you showed me your period tracker i was like what's wrong with you what's yeah. going on but every single time i have a period i'm like shooketh shooketh i'm like what what is this the week before my period i will be in a murderous rage for at least four days yeah i will not want to stop eating Mm -hmm. at any given time yeah i will cry at anything at anything anything at all and then my period will arrive and i'll be like okay maybe i'm not completely insane maybe it was just my period and the cycle continues to perpetuate itself and every single time i am surprised every time i'm surprised and i have a period tracker it's so so i know roughly when it should come it's crazy i'm always shocked i'm like oh oh that explains why i'm crying at a blank wall and why i'm so i'm angry about milk you know what i mean like it's crazy oh hormones man um if if you listen to last week's podcast we were really hung over because it was the day after we've been on a big night out so spoiler alert um we're still recording <laughs> and we're still hung over it's the same day um what's your week in one sentence my week in one sentence is there is nothing i cherish more in life than being a girl's girl what what do you mean i just love the girls I love women. Oh, okay. I love spending time with women. Yeah, okay. I support women's rights. I I support women's wrongs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still support women in their wrongs. Yeah. Because they're almost certainly going to be less bad than a man's wrongs. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's one of the things... You know, the, like, the I'm not like other girls kind of pick-me girl is always like, Mm. I don't get on with women because they're so bitchy. Yeah. It's like, why would you ever think that? Yeah. Women are amazing. Yeah. Um, are you going to use last night as an example when we were taking pictures of those ladies? Yes. Because I hadn't thought that, but that's a perfect example. We were like the complete opposite of those women. Like mm-hmm. we couldn't have been. We were polar opposites. A group of women came into a bar, sat next to us. Glamorous. Super. They all had like hair extension. They all looked like they're on Love Island. They're wearing tiny little dresses. And, like one one of the girls had like fluorescent fluoro orange heels on, like massive stilettos, and her she had a pedicure with fluorescent. Yeah. orange nails and then there was the one in the full leather like cat suit yes oh my she god she was so sexy it was so fit and i was wearing a little black suede skirt with a hole in it <laughs> and some dark lines um yeah we couldn't have been more different and and what happened we were just champing in each other you were yeah. taking pictures of them mm-hmm. and all of us were just saying how amazing they looked and they were like so thankful that we were saying how amazing they looked and that yeah. we were taking pictures for them and it was just so wholesome and lovely and it was like i i reckon any kind of man that thinks they know better would look at that situation and go oh they're gonna end up fighting and not liking each other and it's like no actually because 
like we see our differences and we love you for it they looked yeah. fucking so fit they were beautiful they did. and like i think i talk about female friendship quite a lot because most of my friends are women yeah and i just think we're great aren't we we're all so great we're great and it makes me feel really happy i think i told you this last night that i read an article about someone that transitioned from female to male mm-hmm. and they found the experience very very lonely because what they lost when they transitioned is that kind of camaraderie that you get in like a club toilet girls looking after each other who don't know each other like there's nothing better than going into a girl's toilet like that woman who came into o'neill's last night and we were like oh my god i love your trainers and you came out the cubicles to be like oh my god let me see them and it's like that happens in every single toilet and then toilet she was like can someone worldwide. get me some toilet paper and we were like flock towards fighting her. each other yeah. to get her some toilet paper there's just something so lovely about being in a girl's toilet on a night out and all girls just like being nice to each other yeah it's like it's like the done thing you'd be like i'm gonna tell you how amazing you look yeah and then i'll leave it's yeah. lo- it's beautiful and it is I, I kind of it's almost like we've been doctrinated to believe that that's not true about us that we've been told that we're bitchy and we're not nice to each other but we are the opposite of that yeah and you know what there are very very few things in this world that make me happier than making a woman laugh yeah that she will laugh and yeah. it will be beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah and i'll be like yes yes i'm <laughs> happy to be your silly little court jester my lady <laughs> Your week in one sentence should have actually been, um, I want to be women's silly little court jesters, I please. do. I do want to be a court... Silly little court jester. It's quite hard to say that, but let me tell you, you don't need to want to be that. You already are. You're there, babe. You already are silly little court jester. You've made it. You need to Photoshop a court jester hat onto my head. Can I Can I um, Photoshop a court jester hat onto your head on a picture where you've got that black dress on with your boobs? Please? Yes. Because, by the way, I didn't mention this in the last podcast, but Sinead's tits looked so good last night. <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at them, and I actually had to say to Sinead, I'm really sorry if I keep looking at them. I'm trying so hard not to. And then I proceeded to try and press mine together and be like, I can't even get a cleavage. You did this multiple times. I did it a lot, didn't I? In several different venues. Yep. Look, still can't do it. Still don't have a cleavage. <laughs> I'm doing it now. I still haven't got one. I'll tell you what, though. I was looking at pictures from last night and the tan line on my boob was a paid actor. I mean, I've got one too, babe, I promise. I've got, we've all got, it doesn't matter how much or how little cleavage you have, we've all got those tan lines on there. Yeah. <laughs> we could Photoshop that. I might topless sunbathe when we're on holiday. If it's hot enough to, I will. Actually, will I? Because I haven't topless, I haven't sunbathed topless since breastfeeding. I'm not sure the world wants to see it. Hmm. It's, it's pretty I don't think I've ever sunbathed topless. Really? Oh, I used to do it all the time. Back in my heady days. When I didn't have nips that pointed to my feet. <laughs> that was too much information. I'm going to give my week in one sentence. Uh, my five-year-old, Ramona, has already requested to be my apprentice when, and I quote, when you get your own tattoo shop. <laughs> I can't so, wait for you to get your own tattoo shop, Rosie. So I've started learning how to tattoo. So I've been practising on fake skin. I've bought all the gear. I've got very little idea, but I quite like doing it. And I think I'll be quite good at it. But um, what I love, the, the point of this is not for me to talk about tattoos. It's actually to talk about Ramona's work ethic. 
because the way she was talking about it right it was a conversation we were having about her learning to drive and i was saying i'd really like for ramona to learn to drive when she's 17 because i made the mistake of waiting until i was much older yeah and i think it's a really good thing to learn when you're young because then you've done it Mm. and I was like I didn't want to do it and I sort of wish my parents had just made me do it because then I would I would have had that for so much longer and she was like oh yeah 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 and then if I learn to drive then um I can drive to your tattoo shop and then I can like work for you and I was like oh yeah you I'm gonna have a tattoo shop am I and you're gonna work for me she was like yeah 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 I'll be like I won't do tattoos I'll just do like the little bits and bobs like I'll do the things things that you need doing like the cleaning and other stuff so it's like as a five-year-old she's already understood the concept of being an apprentice <laughs> and like oh if i learn to drive then i can drive to my place of work where i won't be a tattooist because let's not get above my station <laughs> i have to work my way up to that i'll do the cleaning and the bits <laughs> and bobs <laughs> yeah she's like the tattoos version of like the the one in the hairdresser that cleans up the hair <laughs> she's gonna be that the saturday girl the saturday she's gonna be the saturday girl at my at apparently my tattoo shop and I just thought that was really cute because usually like when you talk to five-year-olds about jobs, it's like, I'm going to be an astronaut. And she's like, I would like to be an apprentice in an independently owned tattoo shop, please. <laughs> and I will drive there myself. Uh, see, Darcy has delusions of grandeur in that respect because she wants to be... <laughs> I cannot wait for the difference. So let's start with, we've got apprentice in mother's tattoo shop. Yeah. Okay. Darcy wants to be a pilot. Of a course. <laughs> And a doctor. At the same time. At the same time. I mean, yeah, you could fit it in. Oh, and a vet also. And a vet. Do- doctor, vet, same thing, right? Yeah. If it's all, if it's mammals. I mean, she will be going to university for approximately 37 years <laughs> to achieve all these goals. I finally got my doctorate. I could do all of that. I could do rabbits, people, haircuts. And, and now it's airplane school. And now it's airplane school. Airplane school takes fucking ages. Yeah. Airplane school is like 12 years or something mad, isn't it? Airplane, why are we calling it airplane school? Is that what it's called? Yeah, but I'm not sure I would want someone driving a plane, driving my plane, flying my plane, that hadn't been to airplane school for the requisite amount of time. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, me neither. Yeah, that's true. I don't want anyone fast-tracked through airplane school. No, let's not let's not fast track airplane school, and let's also not fast track doctors either. Let's no. not do that because that's also a big one. If she wants to be a surgeon, like do you got to do the time, mate? Yeah, you got to do the time. That's great. I'm trying to think of any funny ones that Ramona. But I said. think Darcy was born for politics. Yeah, she's. Yeah, it's really sad to say, isn't it? The current state of state of things. But yeah, mm-hmm. she'd make a good politician. She yeah. would. And Ramona will be an apprentice. <laughs> An apprentice in her mother's tattoo shop. Doing bits and bobs. <laughs> um, so today... Darcy will be running the country at 25. Oh, easy. Can you just... It, oh, my pen's just broke. Um, if you can just make sure that she's, like, le- left... Like, left She's definitely left, left, left wing. wing. If she's left wing, then I'm happy for her to be in control. That's fine. That's fine by me. Sometimes she's a bit too left wing. We're talking, like... That's fine communist dictator oh okay oh right that sort of left wing okay right yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make her read some books and stuff aren't we yeah and maybe hang out with jeremy corbyn for a bit maybe he'd look after her wouldn't he he's so nice if he knocked on his door and went look if i just dropped her off just dropped her off and went look jeremy corbyn would be like come to my garden she's super interested in politics do you want to talk to my bees yeah he'll be like yeah let's take you down the allotment and we'll talk about talk about politics 
Oh God, can you imagine Darcy and Jerry Corbyn? That is a sitcom waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, so today, we last week we spoke about kids TV, so we thought we'd do a follow-on one, um, which was easy for us to talk about because we're still very hungover and we don't want to talk about anything too deep uh, or upsetting, so we're going to talk about kids books. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be easy peasy lemon squeezy. Um, and... Even though this is one of bit one of the easiest things for us to talk about, mm-hmm. we have done. I'm going to say little to no research. I mean, other than the fact, other, oh, other than the fact we've read books. <laughs> yeah, I've read <laughs> quite a lot of books. We've read a lot of kids' books. We're very we're very very well versed in it. Yeah, but, but we have done no preparation per se per se for, for this, this one because we were too bu- we were too busy drinking margaritas. Yeah, yeah. So what we've done is, um, because you had to, uh, and I've done this out of the goodness of my heart because of what you had to do this morning. Yeah. So I brought a load of books with me um, because Sinead was otherwise engaged this morning because you were doing what? Living through real life flashbacks of the Vietnam War. Yeah. It, uh, honestly, that picture you sent me of that puppet is scarier than Collywobble. It really Awful. is. Awful. Uh, I was at a children's birthday party that started at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on a Sunday. At a soft play. Who are you? Who do you think you are? A 360 play as well. That's yeah, like a, a, a different kind of soft play hell. Very, isn't it? I mean, the one saving grace was that it wasn't at Volcano Soft Play. Yeah, to be fair, you weren't. You Imagine weren't, being yeah. summoned to Volcano Soft Play at 10 a.m. On, on a Sunday. I'd so, rather yeah. kill myself. Summoned by Flick Knife. <laughs> You come in or you die. Yeah. Um, I So, right, as, as we speak at this very moment, Ramona is at a children's party, so Dave's had to take her. And as we know, Dave isn't very good at talking to people, so let's wish him the best of luck. Good luck, Dave. I hope he's having a great time. So I managed to get out of that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mummy's got to go and talk into a microphone about herself for an hour. <laughs> uh, I won't be able to make the party. Daddy will take you there, and he's really excited about it. Thank you for taking another one for the team, Dave. So not only did he look after the girls last night so I could go out and get pissed, he's also taking one of them to a party as well. Mm, he's a good egg, isn't he's he, He's such Dave? a good egg. Well done, Dave. Thank you. I do love you. Um, but I am still very hungover, so I'm still going to complain endlessly about everything. Um, so kids' books. I've just bought a load of books with me. I bought some classics that I thought we could just like rip to shreds. Not literally, because I want them to take them back. Um we'll rip, rip them to shreds metaphorically mm-hmm. um, and then I've also bought in a load of books that I really love that you might not have seen so that you can we can like review them yeah this is basically like a Amazon review episode yeah but for books and not Amazon shall we do them shall we rate them on a scale of one to five yeah that's a good idea right yeah okay one to five shall we go with a classic first yeah start with one that you've probably read yeah let's have a look at my, my bag of tricks okay Let's start with... Sorry, that's reminded me of our nemesis for, from last episode. Who's What's our nemesis? in Mr. Tumble's spotty bag? Of course he's got a... Sp- Don't remind me of Mr. Tumble, the prick. I hate him. I really, really hate him. I hate him. Do you hate so him? So much. What an awful, awful man. Um, this is uh, a book. This is a... Classic. classic piece of food writing classic classic piece of food right there it is can you hear it it's the tiger who came to tea by one judith kerr judith kerr who also does the mog books doesn't she yeah mog kerr. Love mog so well. if you've not read the tiger who came to tea then you have to be like 
You have to have been born in the Regency period. Yeah. Because this is this. In fact, let's find out when it was first published because it's old, I isn't it? It's in like the sixties, maybe. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight, and you can tell because it's got some very old school things going on in it. So, for example. Um, the milk gets delivered on a milk float. So you've got the milkman on a milk float. You've got the boy from the grocer who's got a bike with a basket. And then daddy with his key and his little trilby hat. He looks like he's just murdered someone, if I'm honest. Yeah, daddy is quite sinister to look at. Daddy is probably, like, he's saying he's going to work, but actually he's like an old-time gangster. Yeah. Um, so he's part of the Cray twins gang. <laughs> yes, he is. He's the right-hand man to one of the Crays, definitely. But there's a knock at the door... And Sophie's mummy says that it's not the milkman or the grocer or um, Cray twin daddy. So they open the door and it's a bloody tiger. No context to this either. No, like, they're not, they don't seem surprised. They're just like, They don't live oh. near a zoo. It doesn't mention that they live near a zoo. They've never had a tiger come around before, but he says, I'm really hungry. Can I come in? And they're like, yeah, of course. I'm sorry. If a tiger arrived at my house and said, can I come in? I would say, no. No. Fuck off. <laughs> what? Where did you come from? What business Where's... do you have in my house, tiger? Where's Joe Exotic? <laughs> Take him away. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin, you've let one of your lovely tigers go. He's come for tea. But she just says, yeah, of course, come in. So the tiger sits, I mean, first of all, right, the tiger came into the kitchen and sat down at the table. On his bottom. I'm sorry, but I call bullshit. Yeah. I'm, no tiger sitting on that dining table. I don't think a tiger can even sit in a chair. I don't think that's anatomically possible. No, it's definitely not. I mean, there's quite a lot of problems, kind of, um, illustratively. <laughs> and why is his tail on the table? Yeah, his tail's on the table with, like, like what? But basically in a plate of biscuits. Bit weird. And also, throughout this, this is presented as if it's a really fun thing that's happening. But at no point during this book does the tiger not look like he's going to kill someone. Yeah, he Really happens. sinister. <laughs> yeah. I think, if I'm honest, Judith, I think that this tiger is a paedophile dressed up in a furry suit. <laughs> that's my guess. A very hungry paedophile. very, very hungry paedophile. So... Basically, the point of this story... Oh, he's licking the cakes. That's disgusting. <laughs> Look at his weird little tiger feet hanging off the chair that just wouldn't happen. So basically, the whole... In fact, the word is used here. O-W-P. Alp. Oh. So that word is used. He eats fucking everything. Everything in the house. Everything in the house goes. He eats all their dinner. He drinks, drinks all their tea, tea. Directly from the pot. Of course. And then... They have a little cuddle. This is weird. They're like the cuddling between the tiger and the and girl. The, ti the tiger, you're right. You're spot on when you say it's a paedophile in a tiger suit. Yeah. Look at his smile. He's dropped. Yeah. The pot's on the floor. He's ready to go. It's Jimmy Savile in a tiger suit. So, oh yeah, look. And then he looked around the kitchen to see what else he could find. I bet he did. Disgusting. Look at this. Licked all of the supper that was cooking out the saucepans. All the food out the fridge. He's had all of it. And this is what I really like. Hang All on. the packets in the cupboard, very oh, beautiful face. God. This one, this one cracks me up. He drank all the milk, all the orange juice, all daddy's beer. Mummy's not allowed beer. Of course she's not. It's 1968. And all the water, water in, in the, the tap. tap that which has is... drained the entire mains water system. <laughs> That's why Seven Trent are charging us so fucking much this winter. The bastard tiger came to tea. You can imagine it now, the CEO of Seven Trent going, you, oh, you keep blaming us for all this like raw sewage we're dumping in the ocean. Have Has anyone considered to think that it might be the tiger's problem? 
He's doing this. All the water in the tap. He's drank all the water in the tap. What else are we supposed to do? We have to charge you triple. We can't find this tiger. We don't know where he's gone. It's because he's not a tiger. Um, Okay. And then, so this is great. (laughs) Love this. Love this. Drank all of daddy's beer. Mummy's not allowed any. All the water in the tap. Then he said, thank you for my nice tea. I think I'd better go now. And he went. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. The next page is brilliant. Because then what we're, then what we're left Mummy is... Mummy has to clean up the fucking aftermath. Mummy the... looks like she's cleaning up a three-day rave, right? Yeah, yeah. But the look on her face is as if, to, as if to say she hasn't facilitated any of this. <laughs> yeah. She's looking like, what the fuck's happened here? She let the he tiger let into in. her house. You let him in, you absolute idiot. So, yeah, and then he said, then, and this, I love this, this is how I know this is an old book, is that she says, I don't know what to do. I've got nothing for daddy's supper. And if I don't do it, daddy's probably going to kick off. And daddy's going to beat me up. Yeah. So what the fuck are we going to do? Right? So then, oh, this is great. <laughs> they forgot. They forgot that all the water in the whole world has gone. <laughs> and Sophie found she couldn't have her bath because the tiger had drank all the water in the tap. <laughs> so she gets ready for a bath and they go, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, the tiger drank all the water oh, in the tap. Oh, fuck, all the water's gone. What are we going to do? And then... Sophie's dad's returned home from killing someone. <laughs> and he's taken his removed hat Removed his trilby. He's removed his trilby like he's at the beginning of a Strictly Come Dancing dance. He's about to do a foxtrot. Daddy's home. Don't worry, Daddy will know what to do because it's 1968. Sophie, Sophie and her mummy told him what had happened, and look at his face. He's like, Daddy's like, this woman has been doing too much mummy's happy pills. Yeah, this one, okay, she's, she is depressed because he is a gangster. Yeah, so she has just done so much, so much Valium, so much Valium, so much cocaine. What, what was the what was the drug that women like housewives used to? I think it was Valium. What are they doing? Good. Hoopa. They like our review. But look at his face. He's just like, I can't believe I married this woman. He's looking extremely sceptical. He's like, oh, 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 a tiger drank all the water in the tap, did he? He's like, why is my child... <laughs> and the older, Starved. He's basically saying to the mum, he's going, don't encourage her, darling. She's already got an overactive in, uh, imagination. Don't start talking about tigers drinking water around the tap. So then Sophie's study says, I know what we'll do. I've got a very good idea. We'll put on our coats and go to a cafe because heaven forbid I should cook. I mean, so, he can't cook. They've not he got can't any cook. food. No. <laughs> tiger at it all. <laughs> Lest we forget. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. There's nothing in the cupboards. I forgot about that tiger that came in and everything. So they went out in the dark and all the street lamps were lit and all the cars had their lights on. I mean, that's a description we don't need. It's obvious. And they walked down the road to a cafe. This guy, he's just stabbed him. There's a not. There's just a water. Pass well, by. He's just done quite a lot of spice because he's yeah. easily leaning. He's, he's on a forty-five degree angle. He's on the forty-five. Yeah, he's done loads of spice. Cats are on looking, and then they have a lovely supper with sausages and chips and ice cream. Sounds disgusting. Just sausages and chips and ice cream. Is that all we're having? <laughs> um, and then in the morning. Sophie's mum. She's going to have to deal with it. With all that hard-earned Kratwin money. She goes shopping and she buys a shit ton of food. Yeah, I'm sorry. They buy a big tin of tiger yeah. food as well. This is the best This bit. is not going to satiate the tiger that drank 
all for water in the tap. In the tap. This this is the best part about the book. So they also bought a very big tin of tiger food just in case. First of all, like you say, it's not enough. It's a big tin for a small human, not a big tin for a tiger that's eaten fucking everything in the house, right? And this is suggestive of the fact that if the tiger comes back, they'll let him back in. (laughs) But here's the greatest thing about it. This is what I love the best. They bought the tiger food because they might just let him back in because why not? But he never did. (laughs) He never came back. Instead, he's... He's playing a toy trumpet going goodbye. It's so sinister. <laughs> it's so <laughs> Also, what, what shop are they in that's selling a tin of tiger yeah. food? Yeah. And it's like, they must have said, if this is the normal shop, then they've seen tiger food. So then why are they so surprised when the tiger shows up? Like, oh, fuck, we didn't buy any tiger food. They've got it down the road. <laughs> Left it out one week or, shop this week. <laughs> even better, Tiger comes to the door. It'd be a much shorter book. I mean, we'd be talking four pages, right? But Tiger comes to the door. Hi, I'd love some tea. I'm quite hungry. Can I come in? I'm going to stop you there, Mr. Tiger. Um, we've got our dinner ready, but we've got to wait till Daddy comes home because um, he might shiv me if I don't make him dinner. Um, we don't have any Tiger food, but I tell you where it does do Tiger food. Shop down the road. Three, three doors on the left. Go in there. Shit ton of Tiger food. Help yourself. Bye. Shut the door. Yeah. That's the sensible thing to do. Yeah. This is absolutely mental. All of it is insane. <laughs> Review one. Done. Shall we do another classic? What stars? What oh, are we yeah. giving it out of five? Uh, 0.5. You know what? I think it gets points for um, just being batshit insane. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Three. Let's give it a three because it is mm-hmm. it's mad. Yeah. Do you know what else as well about this book? I'm going to give you R- Ramona's review because every time we read this book, when it gets to the page, I think it's this one. Yeah, it's this one where he's doing a weird sneaky little lick of the saucepan, which is gross. And he's got his big tiger feet here, right? Every time we turn this page, Ramona goes, that's not what tiger feet look like. That's a weird drawing. And I'm like, you're absolutely <laughs> correct, Ramona. And I think you could draw better tiger feet than that. They're insane. Look at them. Yeah. This is a published children's book and those are not tiger feet. They're not. They look like human feet. They look like hu- really long, giant human feet. <laughs> Covered st- in orange fur. Stuck to the knee of a tiger. <laughs> we'll post pictures of these, obviously, so you can join in. Right, let's do another classic. This is a great one. This is a great one. Oh. This is On the Way Home. Have you read this one? I haven't. Okay, so On the Way Home is a is a classic. It's a Jill Murphy. So Jill Murphy does your large family, the elephants. Oh, I love, yeah, I love the elephants. Five Minutes Peace and the whatever next, all of them, yeah. right? This book is great because it's essentially a book about why sometimes it's totally okay to lie. <laughs> very important thing to teach to children oh it's such a good moral okay right so claire had a bad knee she's we've got claire she's crying she's holding onto a bin and she's grazed her knee why is there a tin of soup or tiger food on the floor next to a bin in the park it's mad i know it's insane this book is insane they're all insane that's what i love about this they're all mad okay so she set off home to tell her mum all about it but mum can't wait mum can't wait but don't worry because she's going to bump into this girl has more friends than mike mark zuckerberg mike mike zuckerberg myspace tom she has more friends than myspace tom because this whole book is about her bump and this is the other thing she bumps into all of them on her way home how weird is that very weird i never bump into my friends ever I mean, I have to plan with military precision. Yeah, 
when I'm going to see If I bump into someone I know, like in a shop, I, it's like an annual event. Oh my God! Fancy's in you here! <laughs> but no, she bumps into all of them. So on the way home, she meets loads of friends. So I'm not going to read through all of this because it's quite a long book. But we'll read the first page and then you'll get the idea because it's the same thing throughout. On the way home, Claire meets her friend Abigail. Look at my bad knee, says Claire. Attention seeker. I know. I mean, why do I don't want to look at your bloody knee. Abigail says, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. And she says, well, <laughs> and this is this. This goes on throughout. Claire says, well, there was a very big bad wolf and he came sneaking up behind me as I passed by and it tried to take me home for its tea. But I screamed for help and a woodcutter came and chased the wolf away. Where in God's name did these two things come from? Exactly. She appears in the previous picture. There is a high rise block of flats in the background. So I'm presuming we are in London somewhere. She lives in a UK residential area. Yeah. Where is there a fox and where is there a fucking woodcutter? The woodcutter, by the way, is also dressed like he's Amish. (laughs) And he's got an axe. And he's run... This is the other thing. He's run through the park with that axe. I don't think he's a woodcutter. I think he's escaped from prison. Anyway, none of this matters, by the way, because all of these are lies. This is the premise, right? They're all lies. So Claire is a liar. She's a massive fibber. So she's... So the wolf comes, woodcutter chases away, and the wolf dropped me, and that's how I got my bad knee. Abigail is shooketh. She says, gosh. (laughs) Abigail says, gosh. I know, it's mad, isn't it? And the, the, the dead look behind Claire's eyes. She's like, she looks like she's on something, doesn't she? She's terrifying. Anyway, next page, same thing. Then Claire met her friend Paul. Paul just wants to go home. He's got muddy football boots and a football. He's knackered. And Claire's like, oh, look at my knee. Look at my bad knee. Oh, how did you do it? Oh, this old shit again. Well, said Claire, there was a vast flying saucer. It came zooming out of the sky and tried to carry me, me off to a distant planet. But I struggled free just in time and fell crashing to the earth far below. And that's how I got my bad knee. Like I, if you weren't dropped from the fucking sky... I put it to you, Claire. You'd graze your knee. I put it to you, Claire, that you would have broke half the bones in your body. Had or that actually or happened. just died. But Paul thinks... I'm not humouring this. This has happened way too many times before. And he just goes with, good gracious me. I'm going home for my tea now. Right, so this goes on. So we've got, she meets her friend Armagit and she talks about a crocodile pulling her into the canal. <laughs> but by the way, this is a canal that's right next to a high rise flat and there's two people fishing. Fishing. <laughs> Why has the crocodile not got them first? Do you know what I mean? Insane. So anyway, she fights a crocodile. She gets squeezed by a snake. She gets picked up another, again, she gets picked up by a dragon and then he drops her miles, miles through the air. Miles. She falls literally miles and miles. The miles are written in italics. And she uh, grazes. And that's how she gets her bad knee. Okay. Then she, uh, Nick, she, Nick's trying to take the milk home. She's going on about a knee. A gorilla. A gorilla basically tries to abduct her. He comes out of a garage. I think this is the same guy that has the tiger costume. What do you reckon? It's, got the it's same, Phil Collins. It's Phil Collins. Phil Collins is, by the way, for the record, Phil Collins is not a paedophile. <laughs> um, yeah, it's either Phil Collins or the paedophile that has a multitude of animal suits and tries to abduct children by working their way into houses and drinking all the water or sliding out of garages, it would seem. Uh, but it's okay because Claire stamps on his toe really hard. And that definitely, that definitely gets rid of a gorilla. Nick says crumbs. 
then we've got Celia. She's trying to post a letter, but she's going on about a fucking giant. The giant drops her. Uh, we've got a ghost who comes out of a graveyard. Um, but she runs away really fast. And she tripped over. And then she trips over. So it's like you didn't you could have missed the ghost bit out. Yeah, you I could have just over, been, I just tripped over. I tripped over a curb. Cool. Hope it gets better. And then you've got a witch. A witch comes sweeping down from the rooftops, puts her in a shopping bag. But she broke the bag with her feet and dived out onto the hard pavement and that's how she gets her bad knee. I don't know, I don't buy it. No, neither do I. That's <laughs> a, it's kind of the, it's kind of, it's kind of what this book's about. Quite isn't far fetched, isn't it? It is quite far fetched, but then plot twist okay claire arrives home and her mum comes out and says look at my claire says look at my bad knee how did you do it asked her mum well says claire what bullshit are we going to get now mm-hmm. i was in the playground and i was having such a nice time on the swing when suddenly i fell off and claire burst into tears never mind said her mum come inside and we'll put a plaster on it a very big plaster asked claire the biggest in the whole box said her mum you get the biggest plaster in the box for being a massive fucking liar. And that's Claire the, is that's such it. a drama queen. What a, and look at look at her little stupid face at the end. Look, she's sat there, bold as brass, with her big plaster on her knee. Oh, I lie to all my mates. After telling lies to all her friends, yeah. and then inexplicably then telling the truth to, to her, her mum. I mean, look, to be fair, it, a good moral is that you should always tell your mum the truth. That's yeah. good. But that doesn't mean you can come up with absolute horseshit for all of your friends and it's quite clear i think again i will post pictures but from the facial expressions of every single one of her friends none of them are buying it yeah and they know this is obviously something she does She's, on a regular yeah, basis yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like oh yeah, yeah. oh it's, yeah it's lying claire paul says oh good gracious me like he doesn't give a shit he's like oh oh that's how you grazed your knee is it they're onto it they're onto her they're just humoring her so if anything the moral of the story should be if you've got a friend who lies if all you've the got time a friend, call claire call her out <laughs> i want to see a page where and then she meets her friends at sinead uh, oh how did you do it at sinead oh well a witch came and put me in her cauldron and then sinead says bullshit claire i don't believe you you have to stop this <laughs> next book please two stars oh god okay so there's one in here which isn't a classic oh no let's do this one no no we've got to what are we on okay let's do the very hungry caterpillar because i have a lot to say about it okay you know what i feel like i have a lot in common with the very hungry caterpillar i feel like the very hungry caterpillar today but there's one particular page in this which i want to talk about so we've all read the very hungry caterpillar if you haven't then who are you it's a lovely book i really love the artwork in this that the, i will say this about eric carl he's a beautiful illustrator he uses collage and i think it's gorgeous and this book is lovely yeah i really like this book but the light of the moon there's the little egg on the leaf we all know this then the sun rises up and oh it's a caterpillar hello little caterpillar and then he goes on to eat loads of food so he starts with monday eats through one apple that's fair yeah one apple for a whole day i think that's pretty good going mm -hmm. i think you're getting you know enough calories for a little caterpillar not too greedy tuesday goes for two pears now the first thing i'd say about that is i hope to god those pears are ripe because there's nothing worse than biting into an unripened pear is there yeah no but there's a very special delight that comes with biting into a ripened one a good pear yeah hard is, to beat oh lovely so of course he's had two it, maybe he ate the first one and, and went like, oh my god it's a ripe one 
I'll have another one. I think mm. I'd do the same. And on Wednesday, he eats through three plums. Now, that's fair. Plums are much smaller than pears. Yeah. And also, if you bite into a nice plum, we've got a plum tree in our garden. Ah, oh, gorgeous. Mm, love a juicy plum. A nice, juicy, sweet plum. He's had three of them. That's okay. Thursday, he eats through four strawberries. Again. Less volume than three plums. I've got no problems with this. Plus, I could eat 20 strawberries. Yeah. I reckon I'd probably have 20 strawberries and have sugar on top of them as well because I'm an absolute sugar whore. Um, they're probably putting strawberries in their smoothie right now. In fact, <laughs> I think their smoothie is one apple, two pears, three plums, four strawberries and five oranges. What do you reckon? I agree. There is a very hungry caterpillar in that toilet, isn't there? <laughs> so Thursday goes three, four strawberries. He was still hungry. Fair, Fair enough. Four strawberries is nothing, mate. Yeah. My two-year-old eats more than four strawberries in one sitting. Easy. Yeah, easy. Easy peasy. Okay. On Friday, I ate through five oranges. Now, five oranges is quite acidic. And are we talking an orange or are we talking like a tangerine? Or well, this is it. How, if it's proper oranges... Or a clementine. If they were clementines, I'd be like, absolutely fine. That yeah. would be okay. But if they're actual oranges... The other thing as well is I defy any small caterpillar to get through the rind of an orange. Yeah. They must have pretty sharp teeth to get through that. Unless it's an easy peeler. So I think he he's probably got someone... I'm wondering if he's shown up... don't have opposable thumbs. I think he's shown up to like um, a kind of five-a-side football at half-time and he's just gone in for the like slices that were discarded by the footballers. What do you reckon? Yeah. Maybe? Because yeah. if they're in slices, they're quite easy to eat. But you're right. I mean, if he has a, any, if he has lips like mine, they're going to get a bit like a bit stingy, sore. stingy yeah. on the edges, right? This is where this book gets interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because on Saturday, now, I think we've missed a page. I think there's a page missing from this because we go through the week and he's very cleverly missed out Friday night. Because I would put it to you, Sinead, that on Friday night... The um, caterpillar smoked spliff. The caterpillar smoked a massive spliff and probably went out to a party. Yeah. And so he wakes up on Saturday, and this is what he eats. One piece of chocolate cake, one ice cream cone, one pickle, one sw slice of Swiss cheese. is definitely stoned. One slice of salami, one lollipop, one piece of cherry pie. I like cherry pie. Mm -hmm. One sausage. Now, I have a problem with this. Salami, sausage basically the same thing in it yeah just put slice two slices of salami one cupcake and one slice of watermelon and that night he had stomach ache i'm not fucking surprised what a weird bunch of things to eat why are you following up ice cream with pickle yeah put these last start with if you went pickle cheese salami sausage that sounds like a nice Fair little, enough. that's like a nice kind of charcuterie kind of board isn't it and yeah. then you're having a massive dessert where you're having some sweets and then you're and having cakes. like cake, ice cream, lollipop, pie, cupcake and watermelon to what? refresh the Cleanse palate. the palate. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. But he had tummy ache. Now, this is where I have a problem with this book. This is the biggest problem. Because we go on to the next page and it says, The next day was Sunday. The caterpillar ate through one nice green leaf and after that he felt much better. So this is suggestive of the fact that if you binge eat, if you just have one leaf the next day, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's not true. No, no, no. Not That's not how binge eating works. Nope. You're going to eat all that food and feel awful for the next few weeks, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're going to feel guilt and shame. And that guilt and shame is going to turn into wanting to eat more. So you might binge eat again. No one's eating through a nice green leaf after eating all of that. No. And also, the suggestion is that you eat all of this and have tummy ache. It's okay, though, because if you eat one leaf, it makes your tummy better. You'll be fine. That's not true. Mm-mm. That's not true. But then this is all skimmed over 
because now he's not a hungry he's not hungry anymore he's not little he's a big fat caterpillar uh i have problems with that and then he turns into apparently a croissant yeah so he builds a small croissant house called a cocoon around himself and he stays inside for more than two weeks and he nibbled a hole in the he's like, this is the other bit he pushes his way out and he was a beautiful butterfly so the first half of that book is about the kind of the a societal kind of metaphorical look at how we eat food and then the last three pages are the life cycle of a caterpillar <laughs> they don't they don't fit together i don't understand what what is all of this food about to then be like oh and then he's a butterfly i think it's an excuse to have nice pictures of food it, in the book let me tell you it's a beautiful butterfly if you've not seen the book it's a Again, gorgeous picture classic piece of food writing classic piece we've got another piece of, i wonder I, I did choose this book to go over i wonder if that's got anything to do with it okay what time are we on i'll do a couple more i was going to show you loads of books that i've got that are really cool that you might not have seen i don't think we have time for that i might just post them on the gram and you can read them all yourselves yeah um the classics are funny though right because we know what we're talking about i'm going to let you choose oh we could do this one i've got a very problematic book okay i'm going to do these two we're going to do two more so the first one is going on a bear hunt. Oh, classic. Absolute classic. Let's do We're Going on a Bear Hunt. If you haven't read this book, oh, I mean, come on, it's beautiful. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say bad things about it because it's so good. So we're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What's a beautiful day? We're not scared. And the premise is they, they find lots of hurdles along the way and they master them, don't they? Yeah. They master those hurdles by looking at the things and going can't go over grass can't go under it can't go under it i'm not a mole i'm not a bird got to go through it got to go through it got to go through the grass so then they swishy swashy through the grass i think the main thing about this book is the pictures are beautiful mm -hmm. right so then we've got so they've gone through the grass that's fairly easy i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with that we've all walked through grass yeah no problems there then we get to a river sorry but who's letting their baby Walk yeah through a deep cold, cold river. river so this man who presumably is the father to these children he has one two three four kids two of them are of school age is one she of like them... his wife oh mate no she's a kid isn't she no they're all kids Hang on. let me see that yeah it's just the dad wait okay why are there only three children on the cover one of the children are missing on, on the cover and there's now four Hmm. This requires further examination. Yeah, because this book is called We're Going on a Bear Hunt, and so this is a suggestion that the bears add one of the kids. Yeah. There point. seems to be no explanation. Oh, okay, no, there she is. Okay, with the dog. Okay, the they just cut her off okay, for the yeah. front cover. She wasn't attractive enough to be on the front cover, so they just went with three kids. So we've got... She looks about, what? Nine. Eight, nine? Yeah. Eight or nine? Then we've got seven? Five. Five. Baby. Two. Lola's age, maybe younger, one and a yeah. half, 18 months and a dog. And we've gone straight in, second go, grass fine. They can all do grass, mm -hmm. deep cold river. And they're going, oh, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. What will we do? I don't see a bag with fresh changes of clothes. Well, let me tell you, they carry their shoes. That's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Like you're not going to get out of the deep cold river and be like, oh yeah, you know what? You know what's going to make me feel better? Just putting my wet feet into dry shoes this is not at all explained throughout the rest of the book is that every single one of them 
is absolutely sodden from at least the hips down. The small child is in up to the shoulder. She can't swim. (laughs) She can't swim. And the water's up to her shoulders. I think this dad needs to be looked at by social services. I wonder if the bear, again, person in a bear suit, but maybe works for social services, doing a bit of digging. I mean, he does look pretty pissed off at this point because they get out of the water and they're putting their shoes back on. And he's like, oh, we're all really wet and cold and hypothermia might set in at any moment. But now they've found mud, thick, oozy mud. So they'll obviously go through it, won't they? Shoes off again. Dad's carrying all the shoes now and they're walking. Why are they doing this? Oh, they're looking for a bear, aren't they? This dad is a glutton for punishment. I think this dad might be into like ultramarathons and stuff. Oh, and obviously. He's trying to get his kids involved. He's you know one of them wankers, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he's like, if if this was this book was written quite a long time ago, but if this was written now, he'd be wearing one he'd of those. He'd go to CrossFit. He'd go to CrossFit and he'd be wearing one of those backpacks that's got water in it in a tube. Yeah. Wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And he'd make all his kids wear like gym outfits, even though they're all under the age of eight. <laughs> so they walk through mud and then they have a sit down. Dad. At this point, by the way, Dad looks knackered, but he is the facilitator in this. Yeah, he is in charge. Instigated this whole all of it debacle, and he sat there going, "Oh, for fuck's sake, what are we doing?" And they're like, "Come on, Dad! I thought we were going on a bear hunt. Look, there's some woods, a forest, big dark forest. Yeah, it sounds like a really safe place to put to take four primary school age children." She looks really happy about it though. She's insane. She's like, yeah, let's get through the scary forest. <laughs> like the fucking dog is going to be of any help. The dog's like, what? Dog has no idea what's going on. So they stumble trip through the forest. And look at dad at this point. Dad's just stood on a log staring into space. And they're all fucking... At this point, the five-year-old's got the baby. <laughs> walking it through a forest. And they're all tripping over the twigs. Madness. And the dog is... Hey up. Hey up. What was that? I just Where punched. was that? It was there. Sinead just punched part of the microphone. It's fine. We'll be fine. And the dog is all the way over here. Yeah, the dog's doing like doing like a fox hunt kind of mentality yeah. now, isn't he? So then the next one, this one gets me, right? This one really gets me. Most of this whole book, it kind of like gives off kind of spring vibes to me. Yeah. The look of the weather, like the blue sky and the grass, the way the grass looks and all of it. And then, uh-oh, a snowstorm. None of these children, by the way, are wearing a coat. They're all wearing... Both of the girls are wearing short dresses. Dressed as evacuees from the 1940s. Yeah. And the only one that's got more than two layers on... Is the dad. Is the dad. Of course it fucking is. So they see a snowstorm and they decide to go through it. I don't think you can just go decide to go through a snowstorm. I don't think you can go, oh, goodness me, there's a snowstorm. Shall we walk through it? That's not how that's not how weather works. No, you can tell that no mum is involved in this because there isn't a fucking bag. No bag? They've got nothing with them. No. They've got, there's no, she, he's not even got a tote bag. The dad is woefully underprepared. He's got no wipes. There's nothing. The baby no shit itself several times yeah. already. Yeah. Nothing. It's been in, a, it's been in the mud. It's been in a river. And now it's, it's got hypothermia. It shit itself. And now it's going to decide to walk through a snowstorm. I can't. And also, this is the other thing. They decide to walk through a snowstorm. It's and implies then, that you can walk into 
and subsequently out, out of, of a snowstorm. A snowstorm. Also, this is suggestive of the fact that this snowstorm is like a localised weather that's always here and never moves because there's no snow anywhere else in the rest of the book. <laughs> it's not like it's not like you then you, they, they then get to the beach and there's like a flurry of snow on the sand. They walk through the snowstorm, no more snow. That's the end of the snow. Insane. So I don't know what sort of snowstorm it is, but it goes hoo woo because that's the sound of snow. And once more, I'm going to reiterate: no one's wearing a coat. No one's wearing a coat. Some of them don't look to be wearing shoes. <laughs> and they're... the other thing is they're walking through what looks like really fucking deep snow. Yeah. So like this snow's been here for a while, but that's not how snowstorms work. It's not like they walk it. I can't get my head around it. I still love this book, but still. Anyway, so they're going on a bear hunt. They've got through the snowstorm and now they're on a beach. <laughs> and there's a, there's, for some reason, there's a cave in what looks to be the middle of the water. A narrow, gloomy cave. A narrow, gloomy cave. So what are they going to do? They're obviously going to go through it. The now. baby fucking doesn't want to. The baby! The baby knows what's up. <laughs> the baby's opted out. The baby's like, do you know what? I'm sick of this. Can someone change my nappy? Please. <laughs> I've got hypothermia. <laughs> this one, I'm too young to die. This one's like, I'm not sure I should go in a narrow, gloomy cave. I seem to only be wearing socks. Look, little ballet socks. Even the dog is like, fuck this. Oh, the, dog, the dog looks like, you know, when dogs like can sense like ghosts and shit. And then yeah. the head's down. It's like, oh, no, I don't like this. But they're going anyway. Of course they do. Now, are you ready? This is what I love about this page, right? They're all clinging on to dad, apart from the preschooler who he's forced to go in first. <laughs> you go in first, lad. Here's a stick. You can walk with the dog. You take the dog with you because the dog will be of use to a bear. So they tiptoe through the cave. The dog is like a collie. The dog's a collie. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, they tiptoe through the cave as if that's going to be of any use. What's that? What is it? Oh, I wonder. The thing we've looked for the whole time. <laughs> the thing this whole book is based on. So it's a shiny wet nose, two big fair ears, two big ugly eyes. My kids love this bit because they're like, oh, I know what that shiny wet nose, oh, I know what the fair ears are. It's a, it's a bear. Yeah, no shit, Lola. Again, it's bears, well known for living in caves on the beach. <laughs> Next to, presumably, an area that's quite close to houses because that's where they've come from, right? The dog, terrified. The bear kind of nonchalant, if anything. The bear's yeah. just like pissed off that it's there. He's like, I was about I was about to have a sleep. Anyway, it's a bear. They've seen the bear, they've done the bear hunt. So bear in mind, it's taken them the whole book. Yeah. To go through various weatherscapes. They're nearly dead. They're nearly dead. They're nearly dead. They're clinging on for dear life. Yeah. It then takes them a remarkably short amount of time to get back home. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so they go, it's a bear. First of all, they've done the bear hunt. They look at, they literally look at it and then fuck off. They're like, let's go. Was it worth it? Was it worth it, though? Funny that the objective was just to go and look at a bear. Yeah, and it says bear hunt. That's, I thought they were going to, you know. Kill the bear. Kill it, kill the bear, right? If they're going on a bear hunt, they're going to skin it. No, they're going to look at it and run away. So then they quick back through the cave. Again, he sent his kids out of He's like, you guys, fuck off. Tiptoe. Tip They're tiptoe back through the cave. The bear's chasing them. Now, I'm pretty sure bears can move quite quickly. Yeah. I'm fairly confident they can move quicker than a five-year-old, five -year a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, a baby, and, and a, a middle-aged man. A middle-aged man in a jumper. 
Yeah. Back through the snowstorm. So it is, it's a localised snowstorm. It's this it's snowstorm that only snows on this one hill. They run through that. Then they go through the... Who woo. Who woo. Then through the forest. Stumble trip, stumble trip. The, the five-year-old. The boy's fucked. He's, he's like, broken both of his legs. He's li- Honestly, he's got flying. It's feet on even on the floor. The baby's being dragged by the older girl, presumably dislocated this poor baby's shoulder in the process. Dad, not helping anyone. Any, he's like any man for himself at this point. Squelch back through the mud. Enough time to take the shoes off, though. <laughs> so they're squelching through the mud. Let's take our shoes off first. Not even thinking that the bear can't wear shoes. Yeah, the bear is going to be much quicker. Then they go through the water again, shoes off. At, at this point, Dad's jumped in. At least Dad is holding the baby. The baby's on shoulders at this point, so that's fine. Then they're through the grass. At this point, the bear looks quite close to them. And I think at any point, this bear could definitely get them. Oh, this bit cracks me up. They get to the front door. The bear is already at the gate. They open the door and go... Is the bear doing this last bit in slow motion? (laughs) Yeah! For dramatic effect. The bear is essentially playing What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. Isn't he? Yeah. Right? Because he's at the gate and then they go... I'm sorry, right? If you're being chased by a bear, you get into your house. How are you forgetting to shut your door? Dad is an idiot. He needs locking up, this man. So they go up the stairs. They go all the way to the top of the stairs and realise they've forgotten to shut the door. We forgot to shut the door. Back downstairs. Back downstairs we go. Not let's go and barricade ourselves in the the bedroom. Shut the door and then stand at the door for a minute while the bear has its hands on the the glass. Let me in. So So the door is shut, but they're like, let's get into bed and under the covers. Like the bear... Couldn't just peel the covers back and discover the entire family yeah, in the yeah, bed. Yeah. yeah, it's like we've scuppered it. Oh, we're under the covers. They can't see. It's like it's like when kids go, oh, you can't see me. And they put their hands over yeah. their eyes. That's basically what it is. So they go into bed. They go under the covers and they say, we're not going on a bear hunt again because all of us need hospitalising. <laughs> Although, to be fair, the baby looks pretty happy. Yeah. You know what uh, this is? This is what happens when a mum goes away for the weekend and leaves yes! kids with their dad. Yes. That's what this book is about. This book is about a mother's worry about what her husband's going to do. With their children. With their children. She's just gone for a girly weekend. She's, she's on a hen She's on a hen It's like a cottage in, in Warwickshire. Mum's just been robbed by a butler in the buff off yeah. a gum tree. Yeah. Yeah. She's got no cash in her purse because the butler stole it all. And then she gets home. Where are the kids? And They're all, all of in... the children have got hypothermia. They're all in hospital on a drip. And Dad stood there in his jumper going, oh, we've had such a weekend of it, I tell you. Preschool has lost several fingers to frostbite (laughs) from walking through a snowstorm. And out the other side, twice. And then right at the end, I love this, because that's essentially the end of the book. We're not going on a bear hunt again. No shit. I I defy any woman to not divorce this man after the weekend and take her children to Paraguay and never come back. Um, The bear. The bear, last page. Last page, moonlight, seaside. This always make my, makes my kids really sad because the bear looks... He goes slumping back to his cave in the moonlight. So bear in mind, the bear has then had to go back through the grass, back through the river, back through Easy the mud, bird, back trip. through the stumble trip forest, back, yeah. uh, tiptoe, tiptoe across the cave, back to bed. <laughs> back to bed. But he does it so sadly. Like, he's so upset about it. And this, for me, this raises a lot of questions, which I quite like. If he just wanted to play with the children, yeah, 
why is he going to chase them like that? Yeah, he should have said, when they got in the cave, when it's a bear, he should have at that point gone, oh, but I'm a really friendly bear. Do you want to play? Yeah, or been like, just give me a minute. I've just woken up from yeah, yeah, yeah. sleeping I for know six I, months. I know I look really scary, but I've been hibernating. I just need a minute. I just need a glass of water, a bit of water on my face, and then we'll play like play whatever. We'll play on the beach, or we can go like snowball fight in the localised snowstorm. But no, the bear has been... His, the door has been shut on the bear yet again. <laughs> This, this communicates to me that this happens quite regularly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There. The slumped shoulders, he's like, oh, it's happened again. I thought I was going to get to play with some kids and I couldn't. Again. Again. Need a file in a bear suit. Need a in a bear suit. Um, so that's the, that's the end of that one. That was fun. I enjoyed that. God, I'd never looked at those pictures like that properly before and realised what a shit dad he was. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so I'm going to do one more because I think we've been talking ages. How long has it been? Oh, yeah. Okay. This last one is great. I don't know if you've read this. I don't think it's a very well-known book. I've not read it. But it's fucking brilliant. Okay. Are you ready? This book is by Joanna Harrison. She's done quite a few famous ones. It's a very night. This is very 90s. It looks quite 90s. And there's a few points throughout this where you're like, it's so 90s. But are you ready? Strap in, lads. This is called When Mum Turned Into a Monster. This book is my, um, is my memoir. (laughs) <laughs> if you will there's so many problems with this book but then I also relate to it on so many levels like mm-hmm. it's so good when mum turned into a monster okay let's get started right are you ready I am yeah so we were having breakfast so this is a this is a sibling this is a, a brother and sister they look right? like twins possibly twins yeah could well be so first off, let's set the scene. It's a very messy kitchen. There's shit everywhere. The mum looks a little bit um, worried and anxious. We know this is the 90s because the phone still has a cord. The phone still has a cord, yeah, that's right. And it says, we're having breakfast and the phone rang. Hello, said mum. Hi, yes, yes, four o'clock. Lovely, no problem. Bye. She's not okay with it at all. There is a problem. There's definitely a problem. Ah, she cried. Your cousins are coming to tea. The house is a mess and there's nothing to eat. I mean, this is a... The tiger's been to this house as the well. The tiger's been to this house. I, so this, uh, there's so many problems with this on so many levels because from the get-go, there's this idea that she's a frazzled mum who can't do everything at once because like everything's messy, there's nothing to eat, and it's kind of this idea that that is her fault. It's her, it's her fault. She's like, what the fuck am I going to do? Everything's messy. I don't know what to do. And then she says, children, make your hair and comb your beds and do it properly. Yes, mum, we groaned. We knew what she meant. She just wasn't quite herself. Of course she wasn't. She has to look after you two full time. (laughs) She's never going to be the same again. And she's just come on her period. She's just come on her period. Her husband's gone on a work trip for a week. It looks like this one has stolen her bank card. Yeah, she's gone. (laughs) Fuck you. I mean, there's an iron. There's an eye. There's an unplugged iron with a wire out. There's like a next to a next to a melted candle. I mean, a la fucking Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge candle. It's just like this is the problem I have with this book. Is even though I, I relate to it, it's very. It's just like it's very of its time. It's of its time of this like frazzled mum who doesn't know what she's doing. But no one's con- well. They do consider this fact. Like these two are fucking cretins, right? <laughs> Absolute cretins, right? Mum spent most of the morning cleaning. Of course she did. That's her job, right? That's what she's not paid to do. Yeah. Is clean and look after the children and do everything. So she hoovers up the cat hairs and she scrubs out the loo. We've got this lovely image here, which is from 
from the point of view of the toilet <laughs> of her pouring bleach down it with a scrubber she's, she's doing her best mate what more can you want anyway <sighs> Sam and I forgot all about making our beds and we made a jungle camp instead. Oh my god, these kids are awful. They're terrible. We had a great time, but I don't think mum was very pleased. Don't sound so fucking smarmy about I it. I know, yeah. Oh, we had a great time. Yes, I bet you did. Look at the state of your room. She's just asked you to tie... And look at her face as well, by the way. Look at mum's face. She's like, please, for the love of God, can you please tidy your room? The mum looks like she's coming down from a five-day bender. She really does. And she, but the, the the worst part about it is she didn't get drugs in the first place. She's just looking after her kids. <laughs> right. Okay. Here we go. Then we all had to go to the supermarket. Will you two stop fighting? Shouted Mum. And now she's got green hands like the Hulk, and she's very very angry. Also, there's this bit at the bottom that's suggesting that she's speeding in her car. <laughs> she's so angry that she's speeding. But they are. I mean, they are literally fighting. He's got a clump of her hair. Yeah. She Fair enough. is obviously screaming now oh god strap in Sinead right so when we got there we wanted some crisps but mum just kept saying no and she was getting really cross and we told her we. so we told her she was horrible these children have obviously never heard of the cost of living crisis of course they haven't they want to slap around the back of the legs don't they it's the 90s <laughs> right after a while we got so fed up are you ready for this we got so fed up we went off to do our own shopping Th that's why this girl had mum's bank card in the other page yeah exactly we were just beginning to enjoy ourselves when we crashed into some trolleys. This is, this for me, sums up the patriarchy. Yeah. I looked up to see a man standing over us. Now he's dressed as if he's like the pharmacist or something in the shop, right? Yeah. Or someone who works in the supermarket. And where is your mother? He asked angrily. Do you know what? Fuck you. She's knackered, mate. The more important question is, where is their dad? Yeah, exactly. Also, she didn't ask them to run off with the trolley. No, she didn't. She didn't want them to, but they These did it anyway. Are actively being assholes. Yeah, and it's apparently it's a mum's fault. Here, growled mum. So now mum's really monstrous. So there's there's whole fried eggs coming out of the egg box. Even though she's turning into a monster, mm -hmm. still got a wedding ring on. Still got. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. She's still she's got Hulk hands, she's got goblin ears, and her hair's gone mental, and she's still got her wedding ring on. Cause she's so under the thumb. She's just low-key holding on to all this anger, but staying with her shit husband. Mum wouldn't let, let us have any sweets. No, because you've just crashed some trolleys into some customers. Of course she's not gonna let you have sweets. Are you serious? Are you serious? So I started to cry. Oh, that yeah. Ramona's read this book a few times. And so she's she's also got out a pocket mirror and she's looking at herself crying yeah. at this point <laughs> as well. Drama queen. Right, Sam told me to be quiet because everyone was looking at us. So I cried even more and Sam joined in. So now we've got so this... Sam changed his tune real damn quick. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I might as well join in. So now we've got this, this visual, which I've been in a few times, where she's in a queue to pay with a trolley full of food she's grown a tail out of her ass she's now got a tail yeah this happens to me every time i go to Lidl tail come out my ass hawk hands goblin ears shit hair i've always got shit hair and both of the kids are screaming and all the people in the queue are looking at her like what is going on i hate this i hate this when you go into a shop and your kids kicking off and all the adults look at you as if they've never seen anything like that before yeah and you're like this is this happened to you it's happened to you before 
You've seen it before. Why why is this some kind of shock that there's a kid crying in the shop? It's mad. So anyway, they get home. Mum, oh, it gets better. Mum unpacked the shopping while we tried to make a cake. We made such a mess. Mum told us to keep out of her way. And now she's got um, snake eyes coming out of her head. Um, I don't know why she let them try to make a cake. Presumably they forced her into it. They did some kind of water torture on her until she gave in and said yes. So they just screamed in her ears. Yeah, she went, fine, make the fucking cake. But they made a mess, so she w- they went away. Sam and I made an adventure playground on the lawn. It was lots of fun going round on our bikes. It's lovely and muddy, said Sam. Their house looks... Their, their garden looks like a skip. It looks like something out of Shameless, doesn't it? it? No, you know what? It looks like the tip. Yeah. Their garden looks like the tip, and also, because they're such little pricks, they've turned the lawn into a quagmire. Yeah, they've l- deliberately, deliberately turned the hose on. Yeah, deliberately done it. This is what this is what I can't get my these, head awful. these children are awful. D- diabolical. Diabolical. So then it started to rain, so they come inside. Of look at them. They do. Track mud all through the house. All through the house. Silly and look at this. Mum's laid table out, tea out on the table for the cousins. It looks so delicious, we just had to help ourselves. I'm sorry. Who's disciplining these kids? Not mum. It was only after we'd eaten seven sandwiches, four iced buns, ten biscuits, and most of the chocolate off the top of the cake that we realised mum might not be too pleased. You knew at the beginning, little shits. So we ran upstairs to hide. Yeah, that'll help. What a mess, said Sam, stuffing a half-eaten sandwich into his pocket. I hate them. Then we heard footsteps. Greedy, diabolical, nasty children. So they dive under the bedclothes now. They look scared. I bet they do. I hope she, like, zapped them or something. Sam looked at his watch. It was nearly four o'clock. So the family are about to come round, right? Suddenly the door burst open. I'd never seen mum look this cross before. Look at her. She's turned into, like, a green devil and there's actual steam and fire coming out of her mouth. And it's just, it's obscene, isn't it? It's and the children are like, she's gone completely bonkers. Like, this woman doesn't have justifiable cause yeah. oh my God, to be furious. This is so out of the blue. What's going on? You're hiding from her because you've just eaten all the fucking tea. <sighs> anyway, she tried to shout, but all that comes out with smoke and flames and a terrible roar. Oh no, whispered Sam. She's gone completely bonkers. Oh, shut up, Sam. These children are gaslighting their mother. I know, are they just? And it gets worse. But mum just slumped into a chair. She says, right. And I think every single mother listening to this podcast right now will relate to this next sentence. It is, it is. (laughs) I honestly, I've got tears. Right, you ready? I, I used to be a nice person, she moaned. I used to be a nice person. This is what I think to myself every single day that I've had children, right? (laughs) But all your mess and fighting, whinging and yelling has turned me, sob, into, sob, a monster. (laughs) Right, now, okay, bear in mind everything that's just happened. So the kid says, poor mum. Oh yeah, poor (laughs) mum, like it wasn't your fucking fault. We didn't know what to say. Maybe sorry. Um, so we decided we decided and this again very relatable it's taken their mum to turn into a literal monster for them to tidy their room and make their beds have a crisis of self yeah she's literally in a crisis point she's green she's got eyes coming out of her head shit hair shit hair this is the most important thing about shit hair 
So we decided to tidy our room and make the beds. Oh, fucking finally. I gave mum a cup of tea and we cleared away our coats and boots and hoovered the floor. Wow. My goodness. Oh, and they put their bikes in the garage. <laughs> and they made some more sandwiches. Made some more sandwiches. And they were just we were just brushing our hair when mum came in. I, I can't. I just can't even. I'm sorry. Wedding ring's gone. Wedding ring's gone. Yeah, she's, she's flung that into a fire. I'm sorry, said mum. I've been such a monster. Why are you saying sorry? Yeah. You did nothing but wrong. I do that. You know, I, I do that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I so, yeah, I'm sorry. so sorry. And they say, oh, mum, we both cried. We're sorry too. And we hugged each other tight. Suddenly the doorbell rang. Now, do you remember throughout this book we've remembered shit hair? Yeah. Shit hair. Okay. The cousins had arrived. <laughs> As mum went downstairs to open the door, we suddenly realised that she still had monstrous hair. Luckily, we warned her just in time. Imagine you're about to answer the door. Bear in mind, the auntie has got very sleek hair. The auntie is Hyacinth Bouquet, basically. <laughs> yeah. Right, she's the younger version. You're about to open the door to your sister and your sister's kids, and your children shout at you from the top of the stairs, Oi, Mum, your hair's shit. You've still got monstrous hair. Oh, fuck, I better brush it then. Lest I suggest for one second to my own sister that I'm having problems looking after my kids. Honestly. Okay, well, we made it. And there they go. Look, she comes in. Her kids are obviously arseholes. Oh, look, wait, wait for this. Aunt Jane seemed impressed. Darling, she said. She's a bitch. Everything looks wonderful. I do hope it wasn't too much trouble. It's like she's testing her, isn't it? It's like she's mm -hmm. done this on purpose. And mum says, oh, it was nothing. It was nothing apart from the, the brink of mental collapse. <laughs> I used to be a nice person. I used person. to be a nice person. Now, this is the best bit. Again, very relatable for other mums. At tea time, our cousins were awful. They were such monsters. Oh, sorry. Very judgmental tone for oh, this pair. Bold as brass. These two are like, look at these two kicking off. Oh, really? At least, <laughs> we're, at least we're not in a fucking supermarket, kids. They were such monsters, they didn't even notice that their mum had grown a long green tail. So Aunt Jane is turning into a monster. Now look at mum here. Look at her, watching those side. kids kicking off. <laughs> there is, and I, I defy any other mum to not agree with this, right? And we pretend not to. But there's nothing better than going out with someone, with your kids. Whose children are worse. And their kids are kicking off. Yeah. And your kids being really good. Especially when you've had such a shit day with your own kids. Yeah. And then other kids are kicking off and yours are being good. Yeah, you know oh. what is also great? When you're walking to school and you thought you were going to be late but you actually ended up being a few minutes earlier than you thought you were and then you see all the other losers walking yeah. into school after you. Yeah, you're like, oh, late are we? Mm, late, been, aren't a, we? been a tough morning, has it? Brilliant. And that's the end of the book. That's it. I, I mean... I used to be a nice person. That is peak literature. Ta tagline for the whole podcast, right? Yeah. Isn't it? I think we need to frame it. Where is it again? Let's find it. Look at her. We're going to post this on the Instagram. I used to be a nice person. Look at her. Those those kids I are killing her. Used to be a nice a person. nice person. Fuck. It's moved us, hasn't it? Yeah. We've really moved by that. I think really that, I think that's a really good place to stop talking about kids' books, are you? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Right, okay. We've run our mouths again. That was fun. Oh yeah, we're fine. Quick so, loads, quick loads. Quick loves, quick loads. What's your love of the week? My love of the week is Little Sister Bar in Leicester. Oh yes, that's where we went last night, isn't mm -hmm. it? 
tell us more impeccable vibes impeccable vibes lovely lovely kind of old school hip-hop playing in the background uv mm. glowing in the dark menus yes two for one cocktails and the cocktails fucking slap they were so good so good so there's one that you can get that's got it tastes like a twist rice lolly it's got a twist rice lolly on top uh, espresso martinis were so peg delightful so good um and we had one that had like light it was like lychee and yes. lemon and wine oh it was so good so nice and it came with like a kind of was it like a kind of crystallized lychee in it yeah and you could eat that yeah oh. because i was putting i just popped the lychee into my mouth when rosie said what what money do i need to bring on holiday and we're going to spain so i <laughs> with a mouthful of lychee went euros rosie fucking euros i forgot about that that killed me that killed me i meant like you know do i need to bring cash with me or can i just bring my card how will it be and i was like what what money do i need to bring and you're like fucking euros you absolute tool what i don't know bring pesos if you want Let's see how far it gets you oh my god amazing um but yeah it's absolutely great if you're looking for somewhere to go for quite affordable drinks in leicester city center go there yeah it's and they wicked. do like a drawing night as well which i didn't realize yes i saw some of the pictures on the wall so it's like a drinking and drawing thing that's quite a fun thing to do so yeah go there give them a try staff wonderful really good staff vibes really good great atmosphere great music yeah all of it was wonderful um my love of the week is so it's like two two in one really two for you two it's a twofold, twofold. Love, of the, love of the week. So I've been screen printing t-shirts and I do that at the Leicester Print Workshop. So if you're interested in any kind of printing whatsoever, then you need to go to the Leicester Print Workshop because it's amazing. But they also have um, a thing there called Got Enough Books. Mm -hmm. Now Got Enough Books is ran by absolutely wonderful human being, the Crump Master General himself, Thomas Crump. He's a wonderful human being, always good vibes. Always and always ones. even better incense Ooh. this is one thing i love about tom is every time i've well, been just carries incense I, every time i go to the print workshop if he's there there's always incense on so i feel oh, like i thought you meant that he's like literally walking around holding, holding yeah, yeah holding yeah. burning incense yes yeah, just sticks. holds it in front of his face just walks around yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like a like sage he's doing it like sage but no no he puts he leaves it in the building and lets it waft around and i love it so got enough books is like a it's a shop that's within the print workshop and they sell like secondhand art books mm -hmm. but they also put on night markets once a month um and they're just generally wonderful lads and um me and tom were talking about tattoos and shit the other day i just thought i'd give them a big shout out because they're wonderful and he does listen to the podcast oh. and, and he told me as well that he was telling a friend about him and so he doesn't have children He's quite a bit younger than us, and he was telling his friend about a really cool pod podcast that he listens to. And his mate was like, "Oh, what's it called?" And he was like, "Um, the Amateur Milf Society." And then he realised he had to kind of explain himself. It's like, "Oh, does my friend uh, now think that I'm a deviant?" Yeah. Um. So yes, that's my love of the week. What's your loathe of the week? My loathe of the week is trying to teach Darcy how to tie her shoelaces. I've just not bothered. I'm just I not bothering yet. I've only just started, oh, and God. Uh, it's already driving me to distraction. I can barely tie my own shoelaces. Um, and kickers, love kickers, oh. nightmare to tie up. Because they're those round strings that yeah. don't stay done up. And the, the, they also, 
no matter how you lace the kicker, mm. one half of the laces will be oh, this long. Yes! The other will be like one Round is like neck. Two, two inches long yeah. the other one's seven meters yeah yeah yeah. oh that's so true about kickers i love them to pieces but i've got a pair of adult kickers and they do it it's like they could do, you put them in the cupboard and they unravel themselves it's, it's so insane. annoying yeah i've not tried to teach ramona how to do her laces up yet because i can't be fucked i can't be fucked i mean i've tried twice and it didn't work either no. time so i've kind of written it off as a bad job ramona started wearing a watch and she's trying to learn to tell the time but she won't be the other thing as well like i don't know if darcy's the same but she won't be told so yeah, she'll no. be like can you tell me what the time is and then i try and explain it to her. she's like no don't tell me i just want to know what the time is i'm like but then you'll never fucking learn yeah so we've had this with the watch so i'm not doing the laces but yet. also what is the point in teaching them how to tell the time on a normal clock when they will always have a phone yeah, they're no, like the watch is redundant now, right? It's obsolete. Yeah, it's, it is obsolete. Yeah, they just read out the numbers. Yeah. Come on, kids. Exactly. Come on. Um, okay, my loathe of the week is ageing. Okay. So this became apparent last night when I, well, yesterday afternoon when I was putting my makeup on to go out and I was putting my concealer on under my eyes and I was like, there came a point as I was doing myself up that I was like, oh my God. It doesn't matter how much concealer I put on, my eyes still look old. I could I could literally put like a whole tube of foundation on my face, and I would still my I'd still have haggard bags under my eyes. Yeah, I don't. And think that, that is the reality of aging. I don't think that's looking old, Rosie. I think that's having kids. Do you reckon that's what it is? It's I just think like it's, fatigue. It's tiredness. Well, maybe because I. Do not have bags under your eyes at all. Definitely do have bags about? under my eyes. My but the bags under my eyes are so like old that when I put when I dab my little um, sponge, so old. it's like they're crinkly. I can't put eyeshadow on properly anymore because my eyelids are so crinkly because I'm old and I'm aging and I don't like it. It's making me feel like like last night I had a really really great time, but there were moments where I was like, I'm just not ever going to get looked at ever again because people just see an old person. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? just uh, just an old person now it doesn't matter how i dress doesn't matter how dolled up i am it doesn't ha matter how great my body is it doesn't matter how many cool tattoos i have i'm never going to be looked at as just a person i'm just an old person i do not think you look like an old person at all in fact i think you look significantly younger than your actual age that's very kind of you and i need you to keep saying things like that to me because i, I just i'm getting to a point where i'm like i feel very unseen I feel unseen. I used to be a nice person. <laughs> I used to be a nice person. I used to be a nice person is going to be our, our second tagline after yeah. we're just trying. I mean, more people looked at my tits last night than looked at my face, so the putting hey. makeup on was a redundant exercise. Listen, I, my loathe of the week would not be ageing if I had tits, mate. Because <laughs> I'd be quite happy just to get some looks of tits. It would take, take all the uh, attention away from my baggy eyes. <laughs> That's a good place to end the podcast, isn't it? It really is. Um, please buy tickets for our show. Please buy tickets for our show. We would love to see you there. We think it's going to be a really nice time. Yeah. Uh, it will be less of a nice time if we are performing to an empty room. Yeah. So please buy tickets. Thank you for listening to us. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.